0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Celebrating Wharton's reunion weekend, where past alumni have gathered to reconnect and learn. This is a special presentation of Knowledge at Wharton. From the Business Radio studio
1: on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania, here again is Dan Loney. Welcome back to Knowledge of Wharton and Reunion Radio here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. A term that is growing in the business world is engagement marketing. The idea behind the concept is for companies to be able to work with their customers to be able to better serve their needs. Ziad Baba is a senior director of engagement marketing with Credit Karma, a company that many of you may know uh, deals in credit scores, helping provide information uh, to uh, customers across uh, the United States. He's also a 2013 Wharton grad and back on campus for his uh, fifth reunion. Nice meeting you. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Good morning. So I guess first let's take a step back and think about this idea of engagement marketing. We know marketing, but engagement marketing, in your mind, how is that really kind of developed, especially in the last few years where companies want to be more connected with their consumers? Totally. It's definitely probably a more
0: recent trend. It's the idea of having, starting to have a relationship with your customers and having to engage with them on a more regular basis. And so the idea with it, it's not just like acquiring users, but how do you maintain the relationships over time? And so with engagement marketing, our focus is on retaining our users. Our focus is on making sure that we deliver the value that we promise our users, and not just in one interaction, but over their lifetime. And so it covers anything from all the notification channels, from emails and push notifications, but also it actually goes into the world of analytics and in product and so it focuses on actually coming up with products and features that help retain our customers and make them
1: more loyal over time. So that you can be able to understand realistically before the, the customer even thinks about potentially leaving the company, you can understand, make that connection with them and keep them as a, as a loyal customer. Totally. I mean, it starts
0: always with understanding what the customer wants and needs, whether that's actually asking them or predicting it based on their behavior or based on their data. And then delivering on that value through their interactions right.
1: over time. So how does that work in the world of Credit Karma, which obviously, as I said, is most noted for credit scores? Yeah. So uh, a lot of people use the
0: credit score for different things. Some people use their credit score to apply for a new product. Some people actually come to Credit Karma because they want to monitor their credit information. Yeah. If you want to build your credit score from scratch, your needs are very different than someone who actually has a very high or excellent credit score and wants to protect it. So our job is to understand where you're coming from, what your needs are, and then cater our service based on those needs. So if you want to build your credit score, for instance, my job is to make sure that I'm giving you all the notification, all the products and the features that can help you with that. But if your job, if you're interested in, let's say, in applying for a financial product, then my job is to also help you find those products. And if it's if you're if you're interested in actually protecting your ID or your identity then my job is to monitor your credits and make sure that if anything happens to it, you're the first person to know. So you can either dispute those errors or, you know, file uh, any, you know, any changes on that.
1: But obviously, uh, in terms of the, the society that we live in today, the fact that we have such easier connection through digital, email, text, whatever it might be, that makes that process, I would imagine, just a tad bit easier than maybe what it was 20 years ago. Yeah, totally. I mean, the
0: especially now with with mobile phones, uh, it's extremely easy to tap you on the shoulder through a push notification and tell you, you know, Dan, there's something happening on your credit, and 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 do it in real time. So the second, for example, we get a, um, an instance of an alert from uh, our credit the credit bureaus, mm-hmm. we're able to deliver that message in real time. So think of it. Think of it this way: you're at the dealership, you're applying for, you want to get a car, you're applying yep. for for an auto loan. The second the car the car dealership is 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 doing a a check on your credit you're in the dealership you're getting a notification buzz in your phone that tells you like is that you yeah so the relationship is
1: pretty intimate and really fast so part of that is the security feature which seemingly is a huge topic right now uh of the personal data that people have that companies obviously have when you're talking about the notifications but making sure that that data is secure as much as possible you you can totally this is
0: paramount for the company and this is where we spend a lot of money is make sh- making sure that that information is safe and never compromised. So PII or, or personal identifiable, identifiable information is extremely important. And we've seen how it's, it's one of those things where we can you, know, you gain it in, in, you know, in drips and you lose it in buckets. So yeah. it's really important to, for us to invest in the security of that information, information and not share it with third party and not share it with anyone else. And so there's a lot of that investment because that's how the trust is being built.
1: We're talking with uh, Ziad Baba of uh, Credit Karma. You're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I want to shift for a second and, and talk about your Wharton experience because you were out in San Francisco, correct? I am, yeah, yeah. So having the campus out there now, being here in Philadelphia, what's that 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 knowledge back and forth of, of not only having this experience here, but now having the campus out in San Francisco?
0: I think it was is it was huge. Uh, I was part of the first. Uh, Class. I actually went to San Francisco for the semester in San Francisco back in 2012. So I was yeah. part of the guinea pigs who were trying to do the full-time MBAs in SF. And that was, a, that was definitely a life-changing experience because I got to live in San Francisco. I got to meet uh, people who ended up being my future employers. I ended up you know meeting, connecting with my friends who are today my friends in San Francisco. So having that campus was a, definitely like a huge step forward coming from Philadelphia. And then having it after graduation is also a huge advantage I definitely take advantage of a lot of the uh, courses and, and networking events that happen on, on campus in San Francisco. So I think it's a, it's a great way to stay connected to that community
1: uh, on, the, on the West Coast. What has the, the Wharton experience that you had in school meant to you post-graduation, uh, outside of the connections?
0: Outside the connection, I would say there's there were definitely like some courses that I definitely took away with and some really strong, I would say, insights from really good professors. Uh, I go back one one of them for instance is the uh, I remember the legal aspects of entrepreneurship uh, uh by mr Borghese. and i you know as uh, uh, when when you start uh, in the, when you work in the in the startup world uh it 's not always ups it's ups and downs right. and one thing for instance that I had to do as as an operator in in a in a smaller company this is was prior to credit karma um, was to help restructure the company and lay off people uh, which was a h- very hard experience but uh, you know, we had some exposure to that at school. We we had we had learned how to do things. We had learned, you know, what are the what, you know, when to talk to a council, what are things to ask, and that background definitely was helpful. Um, so there's definitely the course material that I took away from that. Um, most importantly, I think what what Wharton taught me was, I think Wharton was actually like a very nice learning experiment. So um, I tested things, I tried things, I learned, I failed. And from that, I kind of understood like what is the path I want to go forward with yeah um, and I think that was was pretty pretty important because coming out of school, I knew where I want to be San Francisco, for example, the industry I want to be in, the size of the company I want to work with, the type of work i want to I want to be involved in, so working kind of in, created that huge kind of Safe environment to experiment and test, yeah. so I can figure out exactly what I want to be uh, doing after school.
1: What's amazing is that in this day and age, whether it be in San Francisco, Philadelphia, or even some smaller towns, that entrepreneurial spirit just you know continues to be there. And, and I think what's what's incredible is that it isn't just San Francisco, it isn't just New York, it isn't just Philadelphia, that there are entrepreneurs with these ideas in cities across the United States. And, and that expansion, I think, allows us to build an even greater economy in this country.
0: I agree. I mean, that's that's how businesses start. People are taking risks. People are just trying to get away from uh, the boxes and the frames that are set or just you know join a big company. They want to do something different. They want to try to you know, start something on their own or change an industry that I think isn't working completely well. So, uh, and I think a lot of that, a lot of that confidence comes from you know, going to school and 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 seeing how it's done at, at bigger companies or in different geographies or how other classmates have done it in the past. Uh, getting some ideas by by rubbing shoulders with people who have done it here. Um, so definitely, you know, starting here and then going to different cities in the world and taking that grain of entrepreneurship and. And start a, and starting a business, I think it's pretty cool.
1: I, I mentioned about obviously with Credit Karma and and all the work that they do uh, surrounding credit scores. Uh, you were telling me before we went on the air about I, I guess expansion that, that the company is trying to do into the world of tax preparation as well. Yeah,
0: the vision for Credit Karma is to be a financial assistant to our use to our members, and so uh, that goes beyond just providing a credit score and credit information. So um, in 2016, we announced that we're going to be start we're going to start uh, a tax preparation software and so this is the second year we've been operating in that space and the difference between credit karma and other companies is that we always focus on delivering a service for free for our users we don't try to gimmick we don't try to upsell we don't try to squeeze um you know one dollar here one dollar there all our services are completely for free and so we've had pretty good success in the first year where we closed roughly like a million uh users to actually mm-hmm. who file their taxes for free on credit karma savings you know saving hundred millions of dollars that they will have typically paid on other competitors um, and this is the second year we've been doing it, and we want to keep adding more features and more um, and more services in the financial space that can help our users save money and make financial progress. Well,
1: and, and part of it, I would imagine, is the more you can connect to the consumer on different levels, yep. the more you get that, that sense of loyalty. It's to a little bit of a degree what Apple has done you know, over the last couple of decades in terms of the connectivity with all the devices that Apple uh, customers have.
0: Completely agree. We want to we essentially be the uh, the money button on your phone, essentially. Any, anytime you think of anything that is related to your finances, you think credit karma is there and has your back, whether that's from preparing your taxes or claiming unclaimed money. So a lot of people, for example, this is a feature that we have on, on the site, on the app. People, Some people don't know about it, but there's a lot of money that is unclaimed that sure. is sitting in, like, the coffers yep. of controllers across states. Yep. We have that database on Credit Karma, so you can file that. You can actually claim that money for free on our service. Um, same thing with ID protection. That's a new service that we launched earlier this earlier last year. Uh, plus credit monitoring, plus um, credit score, and we're also now uh, adding um, transactional data. So you can actually connect your accounts, your bank accounts. Your savings accounts with Credit Karma, and you can start seeing your spending data on a regular basis. The idea is to become this, you know, one-stop shop for anything related to your finances. Anything, anytime you think about your, your money, come to Credit
1: Karma because you know we have your back. But you have to do that in this day and age, or else you're going to get left behind. I, I mean, the consumers consumers are looking for that ability to be a one-stop shop. Uh, think of Amazon. You know, you have Amazon Prime. That's people like that because it's relatively a one-stop shop. Same thing with what you guys are trying to do.
0: Totally. Uh, the difference I would say is uh, between Amazon and, and, and companies in financial space is that I think people are still afraid of their finances. People don't take, they have some apprehension or some uh, some hesitation when it comes to finances because there's this idea that like you know, finance is hard or it takes a lot of effort. Um, and so, the difference what we're trying to make here is we trying to do a lot of the heavy lifting on our members' behalf. So, for example, with credit monitoring, um, you don't have to come and check credit karma every day. We're going to tell you if something happens and something is worth your attention. Right. Um, and same thing with taxes. We're trying to make things easier, do all the heavy lifting on your behalf. And so we want to be that one-stop shop. But we don't want people. We don't we want people to come and then explore and try to figure out what they want. We want to be that. We want to be that person, you know, that friend who's nudging you if something matters for you. Right. So. We don't, want to, we don't necessarily want you to come here like every single day and like spend hours and hours. We only wanna tell you if something really matters for you, whether it's like a savings that you can actually get or an unclaimed money or taxes you wanna save or your ID is being, you know, uh, under threat.
1: Would be safe to say that uh, the best way to explain it is, is you're there, you're a friend, but you're kind of a little bit in the background and, and you're there if you need them. Totally, that's kind of how the assistant actually works. Your
0: assistant is not gonna bombard you with questions right. and information all the time. They're just going to be there when you need them. Uh, and sometimes, you know, potentially predicting what your needs are right. and saying like, hey, you know, why are you spending, let's say, you know, hundreds of dollars more than you should on your on your car insurance? Yeah, uh, We have a way better offer for you because, you know, your credit score is actually way better than it was when you actually got your car in the beginning. And we found this amazing opportunity that we can you can save $100 a month when we have this information we're going to prompt you i'm going to we're going to ping you and tell you like hey we have that that thing for you
1: so how do you think then that understanding is going to change maybe it already is with credit karma uh is going to change the customer service experience because that is seemingly an area where some companies do very well in it and they know that there's a a, a delicate balance in terms of working with the customer and then some companies don't do it well enough and they kind of are overboard and too much connection and it actually drives customers away it's
0: a it's a very delicate balance this is what we keep trying to experiment with and try to you know perfect it's um the way we've, we've been doing it traditionally is like we i'll give you one, one one example specifically where in the world of engagement marketing um we're pretty strict for example with our email policy we don't email you more than once every seven days. That's right. a strict rule. Unless there's like a ID theft or something that needs your attention right, right. away, right. we don't we're not gonna bombard you with information like that. Uh, if we have an offer, for example, if you know for for instance that you are gonna save money on a credit card or a personal loan or a mortgage, those type of offers or those type of recommendations, we don't send you more than one every month. Right. And so by having for example like those like very hard rules, what we did is we kind of pre- we protected the relationship that we have with our users. Like when users get an email from Credit Karma they know it's something important. Right. They know that's something worth their time. They're gonna open that email and they're gonna talk and they're gonna you know click on that and they're gonna engage with us. That's one way we we're able to kind of protect that sacred relationship that we have with our users. Another way is customer support and and you know having more more channels where we can do customer support. So whether that's like live chat, whether that's email, mm-hmm. and and being present if you have any questions on the site. So that's another way of also interacting with our users. A third is we also are. Uh, pretty, I would say, present on, on the air with commercials where we try to explain the value of credit karma, but also explain some of the services that we have on a more regular basis. Yeah. And through all those touch points, we maintain one level of awareness, but we also maintain the level of trust that our users and members uh, need to engage with us for financial reasons.
1: We're joined in studio by Zia Baba of Credit Karma. He is the Senior Director of Engagement Marketing. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. The other thing I wanted to get into is just technology in general, because obviously what we have seen in the growth of, of technology is, is just incredible in the last decade or so, even in the last few years. How has the use of technology really impacted what even the credit service industry is trying to do at this point?
0: i mean it, it it changed everything so credit karma ex- credit karma started 10 years ago where for for instance credit scores were and credit reports uh were this sacred thing that people didn't have access to you you would have to go to a free credit report or free credit com and you get it once a year for free but otherwise you'd have to pay a monthly fee that was pretty high on yeah. a you know break, on a monthly basis obviously so Technology enabled us to take that information, ingest it, and deliver it using different services, whether it's a website or the app, and do it for free. Um, and that's a huge leap. Um, technology is also empowering the services that we do every single day. So obviously, when people connect their accounts or connect themselves to Credit Karma, they give us their financial information. They give, they give us their social security number. They give us their financial report. And so storing that information is very important. And technology yeah. helps us under, you know store it safely, but also helps us sift through that data and understand who our users are yeah. and be able to surface the right products and features for them.
1: And, and how different is that when you're talking about the wide spectrum uh, of different customers that you are actually working with, whether it be millennials or whether it be the baby boomer generation, where that understanding of the technology may be a little bit different?
0: Totally. And what we see, for example, is definitely a huge penetration when it comes to millennials. One out of two millennials uses credit karma today. So which is a An amazing, uh, an an amazing number. But we also see a lot of more senior people also use credit karma. There's a a strong usage of people who are 55 plus who are heavy credit karma users. They may not be app users; they're definitely desktop users. They may not come as frequently as as more as younger users on the app, but they're there and they check credit karma on a more on a regular basis. And so. Technology also has this amazing ability to connect with different generations because yeah. everyone can find their way with technology, whether it's the, an app or a, pro, or, a, or a website. You'll find your, the flavor that you need to be able to consume that information.
1: Most people will. I've, I know a few people in my family where the technology does still tend to be a battle. But that being said, th- that's where at times you can have other elements to to the engagement part. Other touch points to be able to to fill in those blanks when the technology end of it may not be resonating with that particular customer. Totally, and we're
0: constantly um, examining and exploring other options and other channels to engage with our users. Like we're definitely considering SMS other, other, as another channel to talk yeah. to people who actually don't have the app or don't want to have an app. But let's say if you are, you know, if you're not a huge technology user, but you do have a phone, you you do receive SMS. And you would want to be alerted if someone is stealing your your ID. Sure. Yeah. And so we're going to find those those channels. Direct mail is another channel that we could be also exploring to understand how we can reach our users hmm. uh, in a way that is kind of convenient for them.
1: That's interesting because I, I mean I think a lot of people believe direct mail was something that was kind of going away, but I mean it seemingly has has a life to it.
0: It's. I mean, we still receive a lot of direct mails in our mailbox, right? Yeah. A lot of a lot of banks still make a lot of their money from direct mail offers, right? So. It is still a channel. It's obviously not as popular as, as it used to be before. There's a lot of now services that kind of help you opt out from a lot of mail. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's also it's similar like any to any channel. You have to manage it very carefully. And you have to know when to touch your users.
1: And, and again, no matter what the touch point is, it's again going back to something you said a moment ago: is that it's understanding what that right frequency is of connecting to the consumer. You can't inundate them, but you also can't be once a month once six months once every 12 months if you're going to be successful it's finding that right ratio to be able to to make it work totally and
0: that's what we're doing right now so we're investing a lot in in analytics we're investing a lot in data science modeling that will help us understand for each user what is right frequency of interaction they want and what is right channel that they would want us to talk to them on so you might be a seven day person so we will receive an email every seven days or a push every seven days but you may be like a ninety-day person, and we want to predict that information, that data, well, well ahead of actually like breaking the trust that we have with you, uh, to manage the communication uh, frequency and channels, and so we're investing a lot in that information, that analysis, to be able to cater our services
1: to your needs. Uh, we are do- joined here by uh, Ziad Al Baba of uh, Credit Karma. You're listening to Knowledge Award and here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. What and Being out in the Bay Area, what's the, the – obviously, for the benefit of all those other companies, you know, being in that kind of that community and that, those connections that you have out there with Credit Karma and other entities to be able to build out relationships?
0: It's huge. If you want to be in technology, I think if you want to be in financial technology, there are a few places that can compete with San Francisco – uh, just the amount of companies, amount of innovation, amount of people who are actually have the same interests and passion, and they 're trying to do something uh, in the in this industry um, is tremendous um, so I consider myself extremely lucky to be part to be able to live and work in the Bay Area at this moment in history because you definitely see a lot of fervor, a lot of intensity, a lot of ideas floating around um, and whether that 's like conferences that are literally like next door to your office uh, or it could be networking events or meetups with like-minded people or just going like knocking on another company's door and exchanging notes. those things are extremely uh, frequent, very you know just everywhere so it definitely feels like a, there's a feeling of camaraderie and and collaboration across the bay and people want to learn from each other they want to challenge each other each other and they want to see how they can take their practices even forward by by taking like some pages from other people's playbooks.
1: And again, the the connection of being in there. You are talking about uh, trying to build out uh, the services that you are talking about with the technology as a, as a as a combination pack. There, the fact that that we are so connected to our devices, seemingly, it feels like it will make it easier. Again, knowing what that that ratio is, to be able to continue to connect with people, even with the changes in technology that we're seeing in the future.
0: Yeah, that's the hope. Uh, your phone gives you this immediate access to someone. Yeah. But to, 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 again, to 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 your point specifically, um, push notification is that channel that you know we can reach you on your phone. But that's the most intimate way we can actually talk to you, and that's a channel that we we are extremely careful about. We don't send you more than your credit notification today on your phone. We not We never send. We're not. We're not sending you right now any offers. We're not sending you any other recommendations, because. As much as we know that this is a device that you have in your phone every day, yeah. we want to protect that relationship, and we don't want to invade it by, and and spoil it because, you know, in a in a click of a button you can actually unsubscribe from notification, yeah. Yeah. and you can say, you know, guys, thank you, but no, thank you, right? And so you want to preserve that relationship. So no matter what device is going to be, you're always going to have to put some limits and understand. What is the right frequency? What is the right message that this person wants to have at this point in time on this device?
1: It's a unique understanding that I think a lot of companies have, maybe not all, that each person is different in terms of what that 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 touch point, what that ratio is. You know that that I'm going to be a lot different from you uh, in terms of how I want to be conne- uh, con- contacted, how I want to be connected to in in the years to come. Totally. And we try to do
0: a lot of those. This work upstream by predicting who you are and the frequency that you want to have yeah. communication with. Yeah. We also put a lot of the tools in your hands. So a lot of companies now, if you if you look at your app, they give you communication preferences. Yeah. You can turn off the, perp- the your your communication. You can snooze them. You can you can change the frequency from once a day to once a week to once a month. You can select what type of communication you want, which yeah. ones you want to suppress. So they're trying to give us as much of those information and those tools in your hands, so you can cater ok, you can customize the communication with the company that you're dealing with.
1: I will tell you this: if it was with me specifically, I'd say as long as you don't bother me during my favorite sports game, then I'm in good shape. Outside of that, but it, but it does go to even that minute detail of being able to understand when are the right and and wrong times to connect with somebody.
0: Yeah, hopefully our models will predict that. You know, right? Exactly
1: that. Exactly. Yeah. Nice meeting you, Yad. Thank Th- you for coming in. Enjoy your time on campus. Thanks for having me.